Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 438. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, from beautiful Savage, Minnesota. I am a survivor of the University of Wisconsin, which I just visited, taking my son on a college tour. Very fun time. Um, I take back everything I said about everyone from Wisconsin, except for the Packers. But uh, Charlie Carden is on a trekking trek at Star Trek Vegas. He is there. He's on a roundabout visiting the country, every place around the sun. So he is not here with us this week. So Charlie, safe travels as you come back for next week. But we are joined by a friend who's talked about uh, comic books, video games, and all things geek. Uh, he's a big Turtles fan, and that's why it's so great to have him on, because our big part of the show will be TMNT Mutant Mayhem this week, as I've just seen the movie. will be going on. That'll be our big Thunderdome topic. But uh, at this point, John, how are you doing? Hey, Todd. Thanks for having me. Cowbunga, dude. Cowabunga indeed. You know, it never goes out of style. Bert no. Simpson stopped saying cowabunga, but the turtles don't. Yeah, I know. You know what I just realized? I'm probably skipped this into the review, but like, I can't remember if they said cowabunga in the movie. Oh, absolutely. Just like, did I miss it? I think I might have missed it. it oh, if you did, I'll tell you where it happened when we get into spoilers about yes, the movie. But yes, course, they indeed course, did say cowabunga. I think it was kind of like cyborg saying booyah you just gotta yeah. do it no matter if it's of like course, the r-rated version of of cyborg you just gotta do it you gotta uh, have it yeah i don't i'm assuming they did it in the uh the the michael bay uh produced they, movies they did do it in the bay one yes they did do it the okay. bay ones and i will go. get into the bay ones. that version yeah if you're gonna yeah exactly. i don't know i don't remember Calbunga being said in tmnt a last ronin though uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> I don't see that. That was the mood would not strike right there. Yeah, it's like the it's like the difference between like the cartoon versus like the source material and going there. Mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. But very good. This is going to be a very fun episode. Um, so this is going to be a fun journey. But uh, before we get into the the meat of the show, just want to say as a reminder, it is day ninety nine of the writer strike and day thirty. 30 of the actor strike. Um, we support the creative bodies that make everything we watch awesome. And uh, we want those folks to get uh, their value paid in what they earn. If you want to support those actors and writers, uh, you can um, donate in different ways, but we have donated at Secret French Unite and the entertainmentcommunity.org site. You can go there. They have a fund for writers and actors that not only during the strike, but it'll also help actors who are struggling and help them get uh, money to make, make their bills paid as they want to pursue careers in the entertainment arts. So there you go. Uh, really no updates except for uh, the writers did meet with the AMP. TP, I think is the name of the group, and nothing happened. So it's scary um, that they're basically trying to wait wait them out, which is just a bad deal. It's but, absolutely uh, ridiculous. These greedy fat cats just, you know, they, they want to wait them out. Like, you don't need any more money, you studio heads. You don't just give the people what they need. Let, let them continue to write the magic. You're not going to generate AI movies. <laughs> no. That's frustrating. 
No, uh, and I've seen some episodes of things that were bad enough that were written by humans that AI exactly. is just going to make it even worse uh, at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I did hear something about the WB exec said, yeah, we've saved $100 million in by not making products. I'm like, that's a okay. bad thing because if you're yeah. not making things, eventually you'll not have anything to actually make money off of in the future. Yep. So That's right. We'll see how it goes. When will they learn? When will they learn stuff? Yep. Exactly. That's the big part. When will they learn? I, apparently, they only learn every 15 years when they have to go back to strike. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty right? bad news. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. But in better news, we want to thank the Patreons that make this show possible. Um, all of our, well, our Patreon content uh, possible, but also support the show too. Um, if you're not a Patreon, folks, you can check out a free one-week trial of our Patreon content. And we actually just released the last Ronin uh, Patreon episode of comics uh, or um the, the <laughs> oh my goodness i'm blanking on the name of our show the spinner rack we did john you were on that with sean capri we did that we did a video and audio it's now free to everyone so that's what we want to do. make the stuff um exclusive to patrons at first but then release it for everyone to enjoy so that's <sighs> out there and you can oh listen to john goodness. talk about and myself and sean talk about the last ronin um, and then if you would like to be one of these cool, hip people like our base, best buds, Jamie Prinky, and our BFFs, Sean Stella and Henry Nias, Missy Merchant, and Andy Milken at the BFF level. So thank you for being Patreons. And by the way, if you are a Patreon listening to this right now, please stick around and listen to more great content we'll have for you in the future. So now that the business is complete, John, we get into the first part, fun part of the show, and that is we got this covered. Yep. December 12th, 1978, graces us with a cover of the comic book called The Invaders. This is a Marvel comic book uh, that was uh, available for 35 cents. And this focused on Marvel characters set in World War II. So there were Marvel characters prior to, I believe it was Timely was the name of the comic, actually, where Submariner, you had um, Human Torch, who was actually an android, Captain America, and a few others were the first Marvel characters, and they fought in World War II. They decided to bring these characters back in that setting and tell more stories in that, and um, we're graced with this cover specifically, and it's introducing the lovely but lethal Lady Lotus, plus the revengeful return of U-Man, the Nazi from Atlantis. They're looking at our heroes in a, uh, I guess it'd be a crystal ball, um, so, John, you see this cover of this comic. What do you think? Yeah, um, it definitely reminds me of a product of its time. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's very vibrant. Um, it looks like if I if I were reading this at this time, it looks like it's kind of um, what will our heroes do now type of type of comic. You know, like like this is going to be a big one. This is going to be serious. So, this this looks like it'd be. Um, if I was in that time, I'm not much for these type of comics, but if I was in that time, I'd figure that this would be epic. Yeah, I'm not sure who Lady Lotus is, but I always love the alliteration. Everything has to rhyme. You've got the lethal yeah, Lady LL, Lotus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't know the Nazis uh, had um, <laughs> infiltrated Atlantis, so that's something to know, no. I guess. They're yeah, everywhere. right? <laughs> They're Nazis everywhere. You can't stop them. No, no. Poor, poor Nazis. You know, they, they try yeah. the hardest reaching yeah. out to every community that they can influence to uh, take on the allies. 
did not work. Thank you. Thank you, said Mariner, for uh, holding Atlantis accountable and keeping Nazis out. <laughs> yep. Well, very good. Well, that is it for the intro of the show. Now it's time to turn to our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Madam Webb, we keep bringing these Canadians back, and I believe, you know, um, you have dual citizenship with Canada. I believe it was revoked at one time because apparently you tried to pawn off fake loonies, and you called them loonies, but you removed one of the O's or something. It's very weird, very unprofessional, Madam Webb, but you redeemed yourself. You found the counterfeit ring of loonies, and you turned them over to the Mounties. I believe all is good in the world of Canadian currency now. So with that, begin to our first story. This is uh, a new season of the MCU's. It's, I think it's the first sequel series we've gotten for the MCU. Yes. And that is Loki. That, that's right. Yeah, we're getting a season two. Um, and as we ended Loki season one, Loki essentially ended up in a separate timeline where Kang had taken over the TVA. Uh, Selfie had killed Kang or that version of Kang that we saw. And that's kind of started the whole uh, multiverse of madness is the best way to put it. Uh, So now Loki is kind of a man out of time because we know his fate in the real MCU. And he's suffering essentially uh, time issues. Time shifting. It was like time shifting, I think they called it. Yeah, and he's just trying to find a way through. Uh, he's back with Owen Wilson, and it's a buddy cop movie, essentially a buddy cop series. Um, we've got Lee Huang, uh, Lee Ki Hua Quan. Jeez, I'm bad at pronouncing things. Um, is joining in a new role, which is great, and we've got other characters returning, which is awesome as well. Um, at this point. Um, we are seeing Jonathan Majors. We weren't sure if we would or not, even though he was shown a couple months ago in the tr- the first time we saw uh, Loki season two. At this point, don't know how far, you know, how big his role is in this, but we know he's got legal troubles, and it's been Marvel trying to do kind of a pussyfoot around that and still move their storyline forward. Uh, so with that, John, what did you think of this trailer, and what's your thoughts on Loki as a whole? Um, I've been on quite the fatigue of uh, MCU stuff as of late. Uh, so Secret Invasion, I watched 20 minutes of the first episode and I realized I didn't need to watch it anymore. It looks like it was the right thing to do based on the things I've heard. Um, and I don't remember, I, I can't even remember what's been coming out. I remember Guardians was amazing. You know, that anything that's not trying to shoehorn so much uh, canon and, and um, exposition I find is always good. And that's why things like guardians are great. Now with Loki, that's kind of in, in between both, right? Where, you know, it is setting up a lot of things, but it does live in its own little world. Um, personally, Loki is one of the best shows that they've had. Um, it, it, like I, I've, I've enjoyed the other shows as well, but they, they're not, they're not great, but I like them. Like, for example, I loved Moon Knight because I loved that character. But I know that the show had rocky things. Um, I loved Miss Marvel, but I loved more the the actress and the character. This, the whole show was rushed. I love She-Hulk because, again, I love the actress and it was just funny. But there's a lot of rocky things about it. So they all have 
you know, bad things go, but Loki is the one where I felt is solid and you're looking forward to it every single week. Um, so watching this trailer, it looks like they're just doubling down on everything. Um, it's, it looks bonkers in every single way. It looks bigger and better, just like any sequel series should be. Um, I thought that this was going to mean nothing, you know, original Loki series. Uh, but it is to me right now, it's the best thing that they have going on. I, other than the Marvels part two, uh, the Marvels movie that's coming out. Um, I don't know what else MCU I'm looking forward to other than this. So I'm very excited for it. What about you? What'd you, what did you think of the trailer? I like it because I think it really hones in of what I liked about the first Loki season, which was different viewpoints on different eras of time, different versions of Loki. We've only in this so far, I don't know how many versions of Loki we'll get, but we got a lot of surprises in the first season. You know, it was like the, oh. the crocodile Loki. We got the yeah, traditional hams, you know, the, the suit from the sixties. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have so much fun with it. Oh yeah. I'm hoping we get more of those, um, which mm-hmm. would be fantastic. Maybe an animated Loki would be kind of cool, you know, just mixing in yeah. mixed media as well would be neat or a comic book mm-hmm. version, kind of like Spider-Verse. I think about that, how they tackle different uh, mediums. Um, I think that'd be awesome. And they are limited, of course, in the MCU TV series. We know budget, who they can bring in outside of that. So I think they've done a good job of like, they're doing their own thing in their own pocket and it, it will have comp- implications but that's not what their main focus is. It's really telling a good story. And I always think that's where if you do that, then you're in a good spot. Um, it will be interesting to see, like, because a selfie, um, Sylvie, sorry, character, yeah, looks like selfie. she's still going to be a part of this. And yeah. we know there was a relationship between her and Loki. In, and we'll see where they go with that as well. I think this is going to be probably six issue episodes. It's coming out October 6th. There's nothing else Marvel in the meantime. Uh, Marvel has struggled, like you said. I have had a handful of the Marvel shows I've liked, but Secret Invasion, I think, was the biggest one that showcased they spent a lot of money, and it didn't work for anybody. I've yet to hear anybody that said they cared about it, or the fact that they said, if you told me in you know in two thousand you know twenty seventeen that uh, we'd get Sam Jackson in a show, and I could care less about it, you'd be you'd be joking with me, and that's exactly what's yeah, happened. Right? Yeah, yeah which I is agree, just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm I am hopeful that we are gonna get a repositioning of the Marvel content. I know we're getting Echo um as well, which is being just dropped. All episodes on one day is happening. I think that's a series where if they thought about it, they would have never greenlit. But they were kind of like, we're launching mm-hmm. Disney Plus, we need all hands of deck a million things. And I think that was a wrong approach. Uh, mm-hmm. just don't make everything. If you have a character who's popular, bring her in again to maybe another show or layer into the MCU. She doesn't necessarily need six episodes of a show. Um, so we'll see how this goes. I mean, prove uh, us, I yeah, about prove us wrong, show. but yeah, prove us wrong. But like, yeah, it, it, a lot of these, I mean, the, some of the greatest movies they have were all about, you know, obscure characters. I mean, Iron Man wasn't obscure, but he was definitely low key. And now he not low key, but low key. And yeah. uh, he, you know, now he's one of the biggest ones. Right. So they've at guardians of the galaxy, every single guardian, like nobody even heard of that, 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 that team before. So they definitely can take obscure characters and make them into something, but it does feel like they are stretching at things. Like, I guess echo is to kind of the tie in with, daredevil but 
it's just so weird to watch a show or not, not even weird, like frustrated to watch a show and you see like, Oh, there's that character. And then they're getting their own show. Why? Like how Agatha is getting her own show. Why? We don't, what do we need that for? We don't need that, man. Come on. I mean, like maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it won't, but it just, it seems, it just seems yeah. unnecessary, but how else can you stretch it out? Right. Yeah. Especially, yeah, especially when you talk about Daredevil, a character that t- is tied to Echo, but most likely this Daredevil that we're, is now part of the MCU has never met this Echo. So it's just very clunky. We've got Daredevil, you know, we've got Kingpin showing up who you I never don't know who is past with. It's so weird. And because we got the version of Daredevil we got seems to come become yeah. a different headspace, a different, you know, which we got in, in She-Hulk. So I'm a little bit like flummoxed how they yeah. get these pieces together. And there's the, fir- the, the longer they go with the MCU and everything has to connect. I, like I said, I, I feel bad for the writers that have to balance all of that when they get a project. So exactly. It's, it's I'm one. sure it's a little frustrating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we have a trailer, John, um, that mm-hmm. when I saw this, I'm like, Oh wow, this is a thing. And you know, we're going deep into the, uh, <laughs> is it a joke or is it a real thing? And so we are getting a movie called Slother House. And the Gizmodo title of this article says, Slother House looks like co- cocaine bear with a sloth. I don't know. The title kind of writes itself. I watched the trailer. You watched the trailer. Um, it's kind of just yep. as it as it you know advertises itself with this title. It's you've got a sloth killing people. Um not what I've picked for a killer animal, but you know what? Who expects a sloth? My my whole thing with the trailer is that I was in expecting the sloth to be sloths are slow. Sloth, this this sloth was making too quick of moves on people, so I'm like, all right, here, this is a problem here. This this is already I'm already losing my logic. I'm I'm I I draw the line at the sloth going too too quick to kill people he can kill people it's just i, I think he's just doing it too quick <laughs> but about so, my my problem is it's just that like we here we are again oh formula worked do it again oh, come on guys i mean they've been doing these kind of b movies for a while but now it's just it's hit a more of a global scale I remember years and years and years ago, I remember watching a movie called Thanks Killing, and it was about a killer turkey. <laughs> and it's ex- exact same concept, but it wasn't in theaters. You know, it was just came out straight to DVD. But, you know, with the success of movies like The Meg and other, and like Sharknado and all these things, like people want this this kind of stuff. Uh, and it, it's fun. Um, I watched Cocaine Bear. I thought it was going to be a little bit more sillier. It was. But I, I, I didn't, wasn't expecting it to be the what it was exactly, and I left okay with it. Um, kind of wish I just waited until I watched it at home. Uh, but this kind of feels the same vibe, and hopefully they're able to do something to differentiate it. But you know, this this trend is only going to last so long. Yeah, I, I also walked away from Cocaine Bear like I was in a mind like, oh, this is just going to be crazy weird but funny humorous and to your point there was some elements i'm like that just didn't work or what were they doing the tone was a little off and it was a little bit more grotesque than i expected at times yeah oh 
that was that was a little more in your face. But then sometimes the way that people reacted was a little bit off, and I, I that tonality of it was a little bit. I don't know, a hot mess. Um, and I'm yeah. wondering if this one is just like, it's it's a joke title. People will check it out just for that. Of course. Um, I mean, there's even in the, in the in the trailer, one person actually says, so we're in a slother house. And the one person like just even reacts like, oh, come <laughs> on. So I'm like, they're in on a joke. Of it course, you have to be, the right? Joke is. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be in on it. You can't, you can't just ignore that. No, I mean, it's kind of like we've seen other things like that. Like, and then we did have like the Winnie the Pooh film, the Blood and Honey that we've talked about on the show. Like, I've never seen it, I have no desire to, but it is kind of like going that extra mile of like camp plus something that's unexpected. Can you make it work? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is a trend we want to happen, but to your point, I think in the, the days of, um, direct a dvd you're going to blockbuster and those those movies like you've never seen yeah. it before the cover though like oh this cover looks pretty good i'll rent that and i don't know if those days are over though yeah i miss those days so i mean now it's just going to the theater you got to spend a yeah. lot more so to this do one's it, coming right? out at the end of it. this yeah i mean it, it's hard because everybody knows what every movie is these days there's no surprises because yeah. there's a million trailers million internet resources so there's really hard to surprise people with like a hidden gem or something that you know comes out of the blue like killer clowns from outer space there's just not as many uh out of the blue surprises that just end up to be like cult classics um Agreed. that one's coming out august 30th in theaters which is surprising a labor day weekend release that's uh well it's actually the weekend before so but still that's pretty brave when no one's actually going to the movies for something like that uh and they didn't push it to like end of september which is an odd decision. i feel like i feel like with certain movies uh, if there's nothing else going on that weekend like if there's no other movies coming out then doing it is great because there are people that just love to just go to the movies right and they'll just watch whatever's new apparently so you you have something like oh there's a new movie out well there's nothing else that's new out I'm just going to go watch that. It's a long weekend. Why not? So I, I think that's where that's how they try to capitalize on that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. We'll see how this goes. I'll, I'll be watching the box office. We have a, we do a, <laughs> a annual summer box office wager in our group. And it's been interesting to see what's done well this summer and what has mm-hmm. not. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, maybe it's another sound of freedom as they would say um, in that world of weird movies that are doing better than expected. Um, but with that, um, we are getting some casting rumors, John, um, you know, as we talked about the MCU, we are getting a ton of content that I would say is very obscure at this point. A lot of characters that are not core, what you think of the big, the big uh, parts of the MCU or Marvel is. And one part that's being added and it actually has a movie uh, that's been announced and, and kind of a, a release date that may or may not happen depending on when things happen. But we are getting casting rumors about Fantastic Four. Um, Fantastic Four is a heritage Marvel group. It's really the first family of Marvel, and they've had random success with um, essentially one uh, one Fox uh, duo uh, that came out, and then you also had the uh, a, a more recent Fox movie that came. I think on twenty uh, twenty sixteen that did not do well at all. Um, so this third time's a charm is what they're hoping for. But we are getting. Um, 
uh, Vanessa Kirby, who was last seen in Mission Impossible. Uh, she is essentially she's a trafficker of things uh, with Tom Cruise. She's she's a blonde. She was in um, been in a couple of those movies. Uh, she's she's a fan favorite. Um, she's uh, rumored to be Sue Storm and Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm. Joseph Quinn, you may remember from Stranger Things. Oh my goodness, he was the standout of the last yep. season. Uh, the metalhead, um, great, great, great character. Um, with that, um, we're hearing, uh, Matt Smith may be rumored as, um, Reed Richards, which could be interesting, but we are hearing that Jack Quaid is said that he was rumored as well, but he said, nope, I'm not even the running. So take that away. Um, and then I'm trying to think of anybody else is, uh, listed as well. Um, Matt Smith could also play Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer. So that's a lot to put in a movie is adding Silver Surfer right away. Um, so we'll see what happens with all these casting. But um, and then Matt Shackman is actually the one that's going to be directing it. And he was behind WandaVision and he's also done Game of Thrones. So with that. What do you think? Fantastic Four. Uh, <clears throat> with with this information, I I. I like the casting that there's rumor for Jessica Kirby based on just the look. I can see the look coming from it. I haven't seen enough stuff to her to kind of uh, put a good uh, opinion on that. But I do know just by looking at her, I, I think that she looks the role for it 100%. Um, I, I can see, I can visualize that. Uh, when it comes to Johnny Storm, I, th- I think Quinn, Joseph Quinn is, is good. Like I feel like he can pull off that kind of arrogant um Hot shot. I could see that coming out of him. Um, who else would we say that we have going on there uh, when it came to the the other people? There was, uh, oh, they were saying, um, what's his name? What's the other guy's name from, Strange, uh, not Stranger Things, uh, The Boys? Oh, Jack Quaid. The, oh, Jack Quaid. Uh, yeah. Um, it, that, I've, I heard that there was an earlier version of the story that said that. I can't really see that one. That one I can't really see. So yeah, I think if the rumors are true, that would be great. I, I'm more curious to see what they're going to do with Mr. Fantastic. I, I remember because John Krasinski was great. Everybody wanted him. And when they, we saw him as in Scarlet with, in the Doctor Strange movie, that was great, right? So curious to see how that would pan out. But um, I don't know. This I feel like this one's going to be, I'm worried about this movie. That's for sure. Who knows? I don't know where it's going to be going. Yeah, I'm curious how they'll, how young they'll go with the cast. Um, if they're going to go with more in their 30s, they're going to younger 20s. Um, there's um, an actor that I'm a big fan of, um, mm-hmm. and I'm blanking on his name. He was in Top Gun. He essentially played the Iceman character in Top Gun Maverick. He was also in Scream Queens, and... Um, uh, and he is phenomenal. Um, it's Glenn, Glenn Powell, Glenn Powell. He, yeah. and, and his role in scream Queens was amazing because he essentially plays a himbo. He's full of energy. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think he would be great as Johnny storm. Um, uh, you know, we had Chris Evans who I think when he played Johnny storm the last time, his best role was probably from uh, not another American, uh, not another teen movie. 
which he was great. Yeah. That's kind of had that same type of energy. Um, then we got uh, Michael B. Jordan, who played Johnny Storm in that horrible film. But, you know, never saw a little it. Bit different. <laughs> I didn't either. And he played a little bit differently. So yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to go more like who you think of Johnny Storm or do a different take. But, yeah, it depends on the age of the characters. A lot of these folks. You know, we start casting and they're in their late 30s. I don't know if they want to mm-hmm. do that or they want to go younger. I'd prefer unknowns rather than knowns. I think that always a yeah. better approach because you don't tie things to them and they mm-hmm. are I free agree. to be themselves. But I also think these actors have are like that works. But at the same time, I think like um, if you get somebody that's really, really big, that's where I feel like that's where it hurts it. But these actors, they are known, but they're not their faces aren't plastered everywhere. So I feel like it's kind of okay because obviously we we know um, Joseph Quinn is in Stranger Things, but other than Stranger Things, he's not really in anything else. And once he doesn't have that the long metalhead wig on, he's kind of a different person. Oh yeah, he's clean shaved, right? So or a beard because I've seen him. I've seen him without his stuff on and, you know, looks completely different. So I feel like those, these kind of actors are okay, but I agree. Like, like for example, Matt Smith, as soon as you see Matt Smith, you see Dr. Who, no matter what I watched Morbius, you see him in there. I'm like, no, that's Dr. Who. He's being weird. I I don't know about that. (laughs) Exactly. I, I, you, I feel like you can use known people just not too known. Like when Chris, they used Chris Evans at the time, it was perfect time to use them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so I think there's the time and place for uh, on using on using people, but I agree, like definitely lesser known than than more known for sure. Yeah, absolutely, John Krasinski. I think yeah, everybody wanted him. It would have been like talk about somebody who's known to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. If he had been in, you know, read, you know, much earlier, probably a bigger, not a bigger deal. But now he's just so well known uh, that you know, and obviously they killed him off. So I'm glad we got that fan service, and it was it was one and done. And we can move on and do something different, hopefully. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, this movie yeah. is supposed to come out in 2025. Um, and I know my dear X-Men are, are somewhere far after that, which just makes me sad. But hopefully get X-Men 97, the cartoon on Disney Plus this year. Hopes, maybe? Don't know. But definitely, that'll be like the big first mutant thing that we get, hopefully. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um so we move on to the what could have been. We do this every once in a while. We hear about like you know projects that didn't work, didn't happen. Um, I am, for one, am happy the the age of the Snyder verse is dead. I'm ready to move on. My heart is open to take in new <laughs> characters and inversions of characters. Uh, but at one point, Ben Affleck was supposed to actually helm a Batman movie, and so. Yep. And it was going to be a lot more than a fight against Deathstroke. So if you remember the the way uh, Justice League ended, you got Deathstroke showing up. And poor Joe Mangiello, he shows up in the outfit, never to get that role ever again. <laughs> well, remember, that was Zack Snyder's Justice League, not the original one. Was that was that what it was? I can never remember who's, who did it. Was, was, it that, was that Joss Whedon's version or no? No, Joss Whedon's version cut a gazillion things out. I will say that I will speak to just this. I am not a Snyder. I'm not like the Snyder fanboy. I enjoyed the Snyder verse and I very much enjoyed the four hour Justice League. I don't know why, but it was just, I don't know. It just, it all worked together. And there was a reason why it didn't work when Josh Whedon did it because it was made a certain way. And if you're going to, cut around and do all this kind of stuff of course it's gonna it's gonna come off i'm not saying it was the best movie but i really enjoyed it 
it was a lot um and it was better than <laughs> it was Joss's definitely better Gordon. yeah because yes. joss kind of came in and it was a bad circumstance and you know we've heard things about joss and you know he is a, a person who's a person uh got a lot of dr- baggage and drama now but when he came in i think he felt like he oh i made the avengers i can do anything and right that cocky i think that's what we all thought we all thought yeah. that like this yeah that sounds good let's do that but yeah, he did not work out well at all, especially from the stories we've heard. The, seeing Zach's uh, original version, even if I think if he was allowed to compress that even to like two and a half, maybe just under three, I still think it would have still been received well. I Obviously, the universe is a complete mess, but um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they deserve the, 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 the rap they get. That's just me, though. Yeah, it's, it, it was a good experiment. It just struggled on so many ends. Like for I'm sure, I'm excited for Blue Beetle, but I might be the only person. I feel bad for the I'm, film. I'm excited for Blue Beetle because it reminds me of. I mean, you know, we're we're older than a lot of the people that are watching comic book movies now. Um, it reminds me of all the times when we used to get superhero movies, and they were either full cheese or like th- this. Just has 2,000 superhero vibes to it. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Like in a good way. Um, it unfortunately it's gonna bomb <laughs> it's going to absolutely part, bomb yeah. this should have been direct to streaming um not because of the people involved just because it doesn't have enough behind it for it to get any sort of money and the, you know they're wasting money on their marketing and they're just gonna call it a failure no matter what which is fine because obviously the universe is being reset but it's just sad because like if this went straight I, i'm sure their numbers would have been a lot better but I'm I'm excited for it. it. I don't know anything about Blue Beetle. Um, I love the actor. I don't know his name. I know it starts with an X, but I know he's from Cobra Kai and he's great. Solo. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. But he's he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's just it just looks fun. It looks great. I love the costume. Costume very much reminds me of Spawn. Remember, remember the Spawn mm-hmm. movie? Oh yeah. I, yeah. I get very much Spawn vibes, just the way it looks on him. Um, I'm excited for it. I, I unfortunately will probably not see it in theaters. My my theater viewing has been limited to whatever my daughter wants to see. Ah, uh, that's yeah. the only time I can kind of justify going mm-hmm. now. Um, but I did bring her to Turtles, so oh, uh, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't missing Turtles. That that's that's different. But for this kind of movie, yeah. I, I don't think my $10 is going to make the difference at the theater. Um, I know that's a horrible way to think, but th- this is definitely wait for digital for me. Yeah. I think people, when it comes to movies, they're going to the theaters for certain things and mm-hmm. superhero films, unless of a certain type, th- people just don't show up right now. And that's just, yeah. and that's, you know what? And I totally get it. There's just, you know, why should I invest if this is nothing? So I like the mm-hmm. blue beetle. I'm a big fan of young justice and he was so good in that. So I recommend watching Young Justice, the cartoon, to get a good feel for Blue Beetle. He's just a great reinvention of a, of a character. It's really fun. And he's a young he's a young person. And there's not a young person in superhero films right now, yeah. which is kind of sad. So I like this. And it's a Latino-focused uh, film as well, which we don't get a lot either. So um, I'm, 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 I will see it in the theater, but I know I might be by myself. So I totally get that. Um, <laughs> But going back to what uh, Ben Affleck was supposed to do, um, essentially, yeah, yeah, back to the the story we're going to talk about. Um, Mm. It was supposed to be a plan as a continuation of the Snyder first first set of DCU films. Um, It was set to release somewhere in 2018. 
it would have pit Affleck's older, more grizzled Dark Knight against Deathstroke the Terminator, played by Joe Manganiello. But that's about all we knew about so far. But he said, actually, it was supposed to be a lot more than that. And Ben Affleck was really excited, along with Jeff Johns. Um, they can't say too much about the movie, but he said um, they thought it was going to, Ben's story was going to cover something that had never really been covered in comics, but was building off of storylines in the Batman mythos over the last 80 years and approaching it in, uh, in from a new perspective. Um, so with that, I would have been curious to see. I really wanted, and this is if I would have done it, we introduce these characters, but we don't kill Batman off or Superman off. We essentially allow each of these characters to have a place. They're not brought together because of uh, Superman dying. Batman, we get to see Batman do Batman things um, and and have some adventures. I would have liked that, but obviously that was not in the cards. But I kind of really wanted to see Ben Affleck had a at a, at a play a, a chance to just be Batman and not have to worry about Superman, all these other things, and just deal yeah. with the rogues gallery. Because uh, I've always liked Batman films because it seems like they, even though we've gotten different takes on them, they largely have avoided um, some of the more fantastical elements of Batman's rogues gallery. Um, we don't get the clay face. We don't get the the uh, kind of crazy, like Batman's is doing, he's taking on this character that makes no sense, but it's fun. So Maybe that's where they were going to go. I don't really know, but him taking a Deathstroke would have been a cool idea. Um, I, I'm a big fan of that character and his relationship with the Titans and how dangerous he is. Um, so uh, other than that, I really don't they – they're very vague about this, but it was going to be interesting to see what Ben Affleck would have done with it because, by all means, he's a great director – has been an Oscar. I believe he won an Oscar for one of his movies. Um, and I would like to see a good director take on a character is always a, um, is always an interesting take on my part. Yeah, I agree. Um, what my, my thoughts on this, I, I, I kind of like, don't like when these kind of articles come up because at the end of the day, they don't really tell you much or they kind of make you miss about what would have happened. Like I read it through three times and they said, yeah, I would have explored 80 years of lore what does that mean? <laughs> it's very vague. Because because everyone everybody online was so excited, like, oh my god, did you hear that this was so awesome? What they were gonna do? I'm like, what were they gonna do? They were gonna explore 80 years of lore. Oh, oh okay, so like like what? Egg you know, like Calendar things that, Man, Mr. Zaz. Like, yeah. Who knows what that means? But they they compared it to, I know, how there was one comic uh, series where everything that happened before actually happened. So you know. Batman, you know, ad, stuff that Adam West did actually happened. Stuff that the Detective Comics did actually happened, right? So I guess maybe that's what they mean. Where like maybe it would have kept in a continuation, but it, that's hard to do because you're already connected to the Spider, uh, the Spider Verse, the Snyderverse. So you already are in a that kind of specific universe. So I felt like maybe it was a blessing because anything that he could have done probably would have contradicted anything that the Snyderverse or those other movies already start built. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a rough place. Um, it was, like I said, the Snyderverse was an interesting approach to a different um, take on a universe of heroes because we haven't had it much. Marvel's really the only one to do it. So it doesn't mean that's the right way to do it. Um, it just makes it harder to um, pull off when mm-hmm. you're essentially introducing a bunch of characters in the midst of more characters, it's always recipe for success. R- r- rarely is do a bunch of characters. 
because it yeah. really means that you have less time for the characters. So it's like you're sharing, you know, you're, you know, Wonder Woman shows up, but we don't get to do much with her, although she's cool and she shows up. Batman, we get to have to fill his background, and Superman kind of gets... He never really got a sequel. He kind of got a shared sequel. Yeah. So it, it, yeah. Um, it was a mixed bag. So we'll see how this is going to go. Um, this is going nowhere. Um, and at this point, we'll be done with this era after Aquaman. And I have no clue how Aquaman is going to work. But we'll see in a couple months. Yeah. Aquaman, I've, I have even less hope for that. Like, that's... That's a whole ball of mess. I don't even want to get into it. Yeah, it's apparently they've they've refilled the ending a billion times because it's like which Batman's going to be around because Batman's supposed to be in that movie. Like which Batman is it? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. And then last story. This is going to be a short one, but I, I'm just excited about this. Uh, Scream Seven has been uh, is officially moving forward, and the directors that have brought Scream back are leaving the project. They want to do different things. They just know with the strike and everything that's. Going to delay them from going after new projects, so they're moving on. It was uh, the, the the people behind those were Matt Benelli Alfin and Tyler Gillett. Uh, they're known as Radio Silence, which is kind of cool. But they want to uh, essentially do a new project, which is rumored to be Dracula's daughter as part of the Universal Monster movie franchise, which is kind of cool to do something new. Why not? So um, Scream 7 will be bringing forward a new director, and that director did Freaky and also Happy Death Day, and that is Christopher Landon. I know all of those movies have a lot of goodwill. They play with the horror genre in new and interesting ways, and and are really vibrant, and that's what you kind of want when you've got a, a franchise like Scream that's been around forever. It's had multiple takes on it, and if you want to keep it fresh, you bring a new voice. So that's what's going to happen. So I'm excited for this. I've enjoyed all of the Screams. I don't remember which happened in most of them. I think I watched one episode of the Scream TV series on MTV, but that's about it. But I've always been wholly uh, a fan of the Scram Scream series. Um, so I'm hoping it's good. We'll see how it goes. Um, and I, apparently the core four will be back. Yeah, I enjoyed the last one, the one before it. So-so, uh, Scream 5 was so-so, but Scream 7 I enjoyed. Oh, sorry, 6. Um, yeah, it's. I just hope it doesn't... Uh, I mean, they can jump the shark a million times. I just hope it's not like... I feel like they did this with Saw, where after each one, you know, it's like, oh, this person was here all along. It's like, okay, they, and they just keep the kind of... Yeah doing more stuff like that you're like give me a break but uh yeah i think they kind of have a good pattern going so hopefully they they kind of they could they continue the momentum and don't you know butcher too much yeah apparently we know uh no spoilers well spoilers for scream six uh gail weathers survived um and um nev campbell did not come back for six apparently because of money so she yeah. could be brought back, which I assume could happen if they pay her what she deserves to come back. I'm always curious. Ab- I'm always curious about these fi- like these money talks. Like I've always been curious about what people make, just in general in life. I'm like, hey, how much you make? Like, I that's not something you could talk to about people, but I'm, especially with Hollywood, I'm always so curious. I always wondered, like, what was the amount that wasn't enough? What what was it that you know they decided we're gonna lowball the the star of this franchise, or what is it that it wasn't enough for her? Like how low or how far apart? I'm so damn curious about that kind of stuff. I wish I knew. 
Yeah, that that is a good question because you no one is going to ever be clear about um, their uh, pay. I know back in the day it used to be of course like the twenty million dollar man. Like this, these actors are going to pay. We don't know. Marvel doesn't even talk yeah. about how much they pay their actors. I know they're kind of cheap sometimes, but in this case, uh, you know, at this point, did they think she was worth paying the money? This deepened the franchise. They've got these new actors, and um, yeah, I mean, part of the scream though is bringing back characters that are from the franchise. So you eventually have to pay them something that makes it worth their while. But I mean, yeah. maybe they're hoping that, you know, oh, you didn't have a good, uh, uh, a good couple of, uh, you know, years. We can pay you less because you're desperate. I don't know. That seems like really crappy and bad faith to someone who's been part of a franchise. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that is the news. We covered lots of stories here, folks, but we are now ready to move over to our favorite establishment for libations and the things that we're enjoying the world nerd. And that's the geek easy talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the geek easy cover bands playing drinks are poured and we are ready to get our nerd on. So John, what have you been geeking yes. out about lately? Um, well, I'll start, start with, uh, TV. I've been watching, most of my TV watching happens right before bedtime, but I've been watching What We Do in the Shadows, um, the TV show. And I, I remember loving the movie, um, that it was great. And I remember watching a little bit of season one and, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is a great show. And then I kind of fell asleep on it. Um, but, you know, everyone talks about how amazing the show is. And I'm like, I decided to get back into it. And it's just been an absolute blast. Every single episode is fantastic. Um, I, I, it completely deserves all the hype it's been getting. It's hilarious. Um, they're adding a little bit of an ongoing story to it too. So like, it's not just, you know, story of the week. They're doing a little, little ongoing arc uh, throughout each episode. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I think they're on season four right now. So I will probably season be very five. Are they in five? And okay, I, so I just started I, that. Yeah, they dropped this year yeah. this year, and I've been enjoying it. Yeah, so yeah, got no, a lot it's to a look forward track. to. There's so many good episodes. Have you watched uh, the episode with Jackie Daytona? Yes, I have. That was bad. <laughs> that was a great episode. That's absolutely great. great. Episode. And Mark Hamill guest starring in that one. It was absolutely fantastic i just we got the toothpick and he's just like i need to put my disguise on puts a toothpick in when he takes it off oh my god what are you doing here my blue that jeans and my toothpick yeah hidden away and he brings it out on occasion when he has to hide away it's such a yeah. good episode i show that to people if they're like if you want to see what the show is all about just watch that yeah you could literally watch anyone but that one is is definitely great so yeah right now i'm in early on season three um, where they've just been uh, slight spoilers for season three, where they've just been nominated to the Vampire Council, and they're all all you know getting up there. So uh, yeah, that's that's such a great plot point to throw in there because like they've done all they could where they are now, and to ha- to give them that kind of room to play, I I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, season four is. A really weird season is the best way to put it. I mean, they're all a little bit weird, but season four is weird. And season five is, um, I'm curious. I mean, I know what the hook is for season five. I'm just curious to see what they do with it. But yeah, it's, 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 it's been such a good show. I love the movie and it's, it's really so well done. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit behind on season five, but I'm a little jealous of you that I I mean, you got so much to look forward to. (laughs) Is five the final have they said? 
I don't know. I think they're doing more seasons. Um, and it seems like everybody's all in on it. Um, and spoil, well, possible spoiler to uh, the movie uh, we're going to talk about. But Anadja is a voice in the movie. She is. And I didn't realize it because I don't know a I lot of the names because. Yeah, like I, I kind of, I skip the intro most times, um, just because I've seen it a million times, so I don't need to keep seeing it. Uh, but yeah, no, I when I was watching the other night, I saw her name. I was like, oh no, yeah, she's a wingnut, I believe. Yes, and I there's a couple voices in that movie. We'll talk about. I'm like, I have no yeah. clue who it was. I was guessing, uh, but yeah, um, it's been renewed for season six. So I was just reading that. Yeah, season six. Yeah, so I'm very excited to see where they go. It's Knowing fantastic. you get that many seasons, um, I don't think they're milking the franchise by any means i think they're just finding no. things to have fun with i mean like i said like it it initially it had a kind of a story every every week right um so they can do so much with it i mean if always sunny in philadelphia can be on season 16 any show like the, i think this show can always also do it as well uh it just depends on what you do because it's it's not it's not a main story that you had to have to kind of drag along. It's just, you're following people in their day to day. So with that, as long as you're not repeating the same jokes over and over again and doing something fresh, then you should be, you should be fine. Yeah. And, and just a a fun fact, um, a friend of our show, uh, Doug Jones, who Mm -hmm. is an uh, actor. He also uh, portrays a lot of characters like Abe Sapien and things like that. Um, uh, He plays Baron Afanas in the show and uh, I'm very excited to see him um, have a new role as he plays it. Um, He's really good in in the role. So you'll see him on the show in the future. Fantastic. What are you? um, Oh, sorry. I I have one more thing. Yeah. Uh, So that's what I'm watching. What I'm reading right now is and tip you know works out i am reading the turtles idw run right now so these are all the things i'm currently reading i just messed up my whole order but that's okay uh for audio listeners i am reading the uh comic series of teenage mutant ninja turtles uh this is the idw just the core run book, right um just, just the core uh, uh no no not okay. the core book because i'm also reading the in-betweens the uh oh sorry the camera's over here uh tmnt universe so uh, the tmnt universe books are in-betweens um they just build up on the characters a little bit more not not a whole lot happens but it's just moves the needle just a little bit on each character that's going on um i am reading whatever crossovers i can get my hands on If, if i can get access to it i'll read it um so what what i do love about the series is that the offshoot stuff is not uh filler or a missed opportunity example um i read the crossover turtles and ghostbusters typical you know another crossover that stuff plays into the other books now it's not necessary but every single book they have builds on the characters and it's not in a way that each person needs to like each writing team needs to know what's happening in the last one or whatnot when you're reading this if there's like a little hint of something, it'll put in a little box, see TMNT versus uh, Ghostbusters, yeah. right? So it's it's easy to follow along, but it's more just like, oh yeah, yeah, I talked to this dude once that told me this thing and I'll, and I'll say it's from Ghostbusters. And it's not a major thing. Like if you skipped it, you're fine. But if you're reading it, you just, you're like, yeah, I understand how these these guys are growing as 
as not not people, but as as beings, you know, learning through life, and it just continues to build to that. Um, it's deserves all the credit it gets. It's I can't put it down. You know, it's a fantastic series. Um, the last one I just finished was um, where did I put it? Uh, Invasion of the Triceratons, which was volume nineteen. Um, that was one of my favorites I've read in quite some time uh, because it's i don't want to i don't want to spoil too much but there is conflict within the family of splinter and the turtles <clears throat> in a way that you don't think you know what here's a good way to think about it because i know what you've been watching even though you kind of took it off um the the doc think of the the struggle between splinter and the turtles like the bloodline in the wwe you know, where <laughs> Splinter, wa- Splinter is here and he wants certain things and the, the turtles don't agree with what he's doing. I don't want to say what it is because when you find out what it is, it's very surprising. When you get to that point, it's it's very interesting. But the dynamic that they have going on around this part of the book is just fantastic. And it, it's hooked me so, so bad, so much. Um, but yes, it is a fantastic series. If anyone is feeling the hype from TMNT and they want to start reading, Obviously, start reading The Last Ronin we talked about early on because that's a one-shot, one-and-done, even though there's a sequel series out. But you start from the IDW series. They're they're like 150 issues in, uh, and it is one hell of a ride. Highly recommend it. I just looked up IDW's website for Turtles, and there are so many series. So I think that's helpful to know what to read because I was looking, and I'm like, there is so much because there's there's eras of turtles that they do comic books of there are, yes uh they even do a new one it's called like saturday night uh, saturday morning cartoons which is kind of like the cartoon version which is kind of crazy they did a comic book of in a modern lens versus like the mm-hmm. old archie series so the yeah the whole history of like who has published teenage mutant ninja turtles throughout time mirage i believe was the original um yeah uh, publisher and then Archie, their relationship with Archie. They also had a relationship with Image, and I'm guessing IDW took it after Image. Maybe. Yeah. So no, no, you're you're right. I was, that sounds about right. Um. So like, basically, the way they've wrote wrote these is that you start off with uh, TMNT. Uh, like, there's just there like that's their main line. Um. And then they release something called Reborn. It is. It can be a little overwhelming to kind of keep up with everything, but if you have uh, just a website that tells you what to read, or if you got the dough for it, you can buy the the IDW collection, which is a massive, beautiful hardcover, which they have up to, I think, 9 or 10 right now. Oh, no, sorry, they're at like 13, 14. And it takes every book every issue and puts it in the exact order you're supposed to read it in. That's every crossover, yeah. every side story, every wow. single thing. Um, it puts it, it puts it all one by one. So you don't have to worry about, well, oh, I got to go buy this. I go buy that. You buy this one hardcover well, or should I say 14 and you're set. I wish I had the space for these. I don't, nor do I have the money for them. But if you can afford to read this book like this way, this is the ideal way. Cause you will not miss a single thing, but if you can't, if you can't get through every single thing, you will be fine reading just the main line. You do not have to read everything. It just enhances it, right? It helps you understand the characters more, all yeah. that stuff, but it's not necessary by any means. I, there's no way I can even get them all. I These are all from the library. There's no way oh, great. I have the, the fu- funds or the shelf space for any of this. <laughs> 
Yeah, and in, unless you're a collector and you or you plan to revisit the uh, and reread comics, you mm-hmm. know, hey, there's nothing wrong. Utilize your library, uh, find other ways, uh, get a comic subscription uh, to some of the online services. I think Comicsology has some Unlimited has some of the Turtles comics as well. So, it does, yeah. Um, it, it has yeah. a good chunk of them in there. Which is great. Uh, I always feel like taking barriers away from pe- people reading it is great, and then you'll get mm-hmm. new customers that'll eventually go to Barnes and Noble or whatever, buy the individual trades or whatever that works, or go visit your comic book shop and visit yeah. monthly and, and get a comic book there. So, um, I think it's always a great surprise to give a kid a comic book. You know, it's always a cool thing to do. Um, Absolutely, very good, very good. I mean, that's exciting. What have you so, been watching um, and reading? Um, for me, uh, I, I just want to give a, a once again a, a, a sad farewell. Uh, to Mr. Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, mm-hmm. he passed away. Um, I d- did want to touch on a little bit. Um, he passed away July 30th, 2023. Uh, if you're anyone from the 80s and probably early 90s, well, probably really early 90s, um, Pee Wee Herman was a big thing. Um, he was everywhere. He had action figures, merchandise. He had a he had two movies. Uh, by Tim Burton and had a ongoing children's TV show on CBS on Saturday mornings where it was the wildest thing you ever saw. Um, He also was an actor in many different things. He was a vampire in Buffy, the vampire slayer, the movie. Um, He also showed up in what uh, we do in the shadows as essentially a very similar vampire at the council of vampires with blade. And uh, if you remember that, uh, when the vampire, I I don't remember that episode. I have to go back and watch that one. Yeah. They're being accused of killing the Baron. I do remember that, but I don't remember Pee Wee Herman being in it. Oh, you don't it. remember the? He's or or should I say Ruben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in that. He has long hair, but he is one of the cameos in there, along with like Jan- Donnie, uh, Danny Trejo. So um, he's in there, um, and yeah, he's had other. He played in um, uh, straight roles in regards to like he was just playing a, a unique character, character actor. But yeah, Pee Wee Herman was his biggest role. But he was also played the the father of the Penguin in Batman Returns. Um, just a really wow. Guy. Yeah, I did not. Really, wow, I did not know he was in Batman Returns either. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. But he's he's done a lot of cameos, guest appearances. Um, yeah. they actually did a uh, Pee Wee movie uh, for Netflix. So yeah. that was that was late in the game. There's actually a uh, live action version of Pee Wee's Playhouse where the they actually created the character at SCTV with Phil Hartman and they performed mm-hmm. it live and it was recorded and it was on an HBO special. It's still on HBO Max if you want to watch that. Um, so it's kind of crazy and um, such a versatile person. Uh, kind person. No one ever said anything bad about Pee Wee Herman. He was the voice of uh, pilot droid Rex in Star Wars Galaxy Edge, so he'll be there forever uh, known for that. Yeah. So I just want to say thanks, Paul, for all the great things you did. I was always a big fan of that. His his um, The joy he brought and brought Pee-wee to, to, mm-hmm. to life as a character, I mean, he, he embraced it, and he didn't say, oh, I can't do that anymore. No, it was something he loved. So thank you, Paul Rubens, you'll be missed. Um, and Absolutely. please check out Pee-wee's Playhouse. It's 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 a it's a it's it's crazy. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne uh, is is a character on that show uh, as a cowboy, cowboy Curtis. It's crazy that he got these big names to be part of that show. So um, it's definitely worth mm-hmm. a watch. But what I've been watching for fun, uh, which is better than expected, 
Twisted Metal. Uh, this is an adaptation of the Sony PlayStation game that largely has been out of mind mind of everybody because there hasn't really been a game since the PlayStation 3 with, I believe, maybe PlayStation 2, Twisted Metal Black. Um, so it's PlayStation 1, I think um, it started, actually. It did. I don't it think there's been a game, yeah, though, since PlayStation 2, though. That's the No, no, part. 3. They, they, they did have one on 3. Oh, they um, did? Okay. It, I think it was like a reboot. Uh, I don't okay. think it did too well. I remember yeah. picking it up for for really cheap, and I and I go, wow, this game is not as easy as I remember it being. No, it was, was so much harder than I remember. I was horrible at it, but it was it's such a cool idea that you know it should just come back in a modern lens, you know, in, in a way to play with like um, considering how many multiplayer games we've got these days. Um, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of like. Um, uh, you know what's the, i'm blanking on the name of the the car soccer game um rocket league yeah rocket league i mean yeah. car combat would be so much fun it gets you away from the standard fps kill guys mm-hmm. things like that i think it would be great i'm surprised there hasn't been a car combat game brought into fortnite to be honest but uh, <laughs> It's ripe for the picking. This could be a live service game. Easy to do. Mm-hmm. But Twisted Metal is just essentially car combat with really wacky and weird characters. And mm-hmm. no one had faith that this show with Anthony Mackie as the lead and Nev Campbell is in this. Um, you've got uh, blanking on the um, the woman from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine who... Um, oh, uh, she was the, also in Encanto. Um, yes. Stephanie, oh, or, Stephanie Ortiz? Beatrice. Beatrice, Beatrice That's right. yeah, yeah. She she kind of plays like a companion. Uh, you've got Will Ferrell, or Will Will Ferrell, uh, Will blanking on his name, Arnett. Uh, Arnett. Arnett doing the voice of yep. Sweet Tooth, and you've got Samoa Joe, uh, the the wrestler doing the body of of Sweet Tooth. Which is like, you know what? That's that's. Got, I wish they just gave it to Samoa Joe. I, I don't know actually, what his actual are, but like, right. That's how I felt like it felt weird. Yeah, because like Will Arnett, you know his voice, and you know that's not Will not Arnett there. So it's just it's it's weird. Like they should have just given it to. They should just given it to Joe. Like, but maybe his chops suck. But then at the same time, then find someone that could do it both because you have that disconnect when you don't have uh, both of them being done by yeah, the same person. I'm, in a modern, in a, in a, in a, if I looked back at a character who would have been great for it, Chris Farley could have done Sweet Tooth. I mean, yeah. he's got the physicality. That, that would be great. It would have been. It would have been crazy. But I mean, yeah. this is all about a show. It's in the post-apocalypse. We don't know what happened, but people, when they're traversing the countryside from essentially secured cities, uh, it's it's a wild land. It's like Mad Max. Uh, you've got to have people couriers that get things from here to there, and that's who um, uh, our main character is. His name is uh, John uh, Doe. And because he calls himself the milk milkman. So basically he delivers, he's got a Subaru WRX and he calls his, uh, his car's got a name and he's never lived in the city. He can't remember where he was before everything occurred. And essentially he gets a deal that he could live in one of these cities if he uh, does a specific delivery. And that's kind of the premise of the show. Um, okay. It's better than it should be. The writing is good. I've I would seen say the re- I've seen the reviews. Yeah, I'm surprised. That sweet tooth scene that they showed in the trailer is very bad, um, and it's not a good part. It's like I didn't even like this the, the sweet tooth part. I like the other parts around it. I thought, um, you know, everybody's all in on this, and the writing's mm-hmm. pretty good. And that's the the part that I would have not guessed. It's full on R, mature, bloody and gross, but funny as well. 
So they do uh-huh. a good job of really managing it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the car combat is pretty good considering the budget, I guess, they had to work with. And the cast is pretty impressive. I've only watched the first two episodes. But, I mean, it's it's really impressive. And you've got a lot of different storylines on what's going to happen. So I would say... If you're looking for something half hour episodes long too, that's the other part. It's it's comedies and that's how it works. It's essentially a comedy, action comedy mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. And it's fun. I, I think it nails it. And I think it 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 it's the best we could have expected for a twisted twisted metal property. And I'm enjoying it. I, I really am. I don't know if we're gonna get more seasons, but I think Sony, from a perspective of putting their properties out in 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 adaptations, has done a pretty good job. So I mean, with the yeah. Last of Us and this uh, Uncharted, oh, the Last of Us, that was Uncharted was fine. It, it was wasn't fine. it exactly. wasn't a great movie, but I mean, I've seen I've seen movies that were worse. <laughs> exactly, it it was felt like a very uh, color by numbers like action Indiana Jones light type film, or you know, Laura Croft mm, pretty type much of yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and, it, and it did what it needed to do. I guess it was successful, but you know, it definitely didn't raise the bar, which is disappointing, I think, when people think about what they love about Uncharted. But mm-hmm. um, maybe m- future movies could add those layers and be better, get a different director maybe that can handle this and get a bigger, better strip maybe. We'll see. I don't know if because yeah. the writer's right if we're going to see an, a sequel anytime soon, but um, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. So I hope, though, with TV projects um, – I know there's a couple other. I think we are getting a um, Horizon series. I know we're getting a God of War series. So those will be harder, I think, to adapt just because of the fantastical uh, nature and their budget required to bring those worlds to life. So that could be really scary if they don't nail it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, check out uh, Twisted Metal. It's on Peacock. It's like a buck a month if you can find a deal. It's not expensive. Um, I'm Canadian. Yeah. And we don't get it here. Oh, you don't get it. I wonder where it would show up. I always ask Mark, like, where do you get that? He goes, like, uh, Crave, I think, is a service that covers stuff. And there's all these other services that I don't have any clue. But that's a shame that you guys don't have really a good pipeline for uh, and I don't even know if it's available internationally either, because that's how I watch looks, WWE. It looks like Par- Paramount um, will launch, will have it, Paramount Plus. So I, I will oh, check Paramount so to see if it's on there. That's, that's an it interesting is, it relationship. Is, yeah, thankfully, uh, you know, my mother-in-law loves streaming services, so I get to mooch a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's kind of interesting because uh, it's a Sony property. And they, mm-hmm. they produce and do all those things. So I think they sell it around. So in different markets, I bet they can go to whoever and uh, put it out there. So that's a good deal for them. And Sony's been pretty smart. They don't have a streaming service, so they can sell to the higher bidder, which is nice. Um, and thank God they don't. Uh, thank God they don't. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a bad situation because they'd be, they'd be uh, in the same boat of everybody else's putting out content limited content and raising prices every year. So we don't need more of that. Um, yeah, Twistle Metals is right here. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, that's great. It's not... It's not here yet, but they okay. it's going to start on August 10th. So I guess okay. I can wait. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, enjoy it. It'll be, I mean, I'm not sure if they'll dump it all at once, but um, I Probably, think it's worth yeah. a watch. I think I it, I would say it gets better as it goes along. That's too. That's the thing. Okay. It momentum. Yeah. Um, okay. And just lastly on Peacock, John and I, you and I were talking about wrestling. SummerSlam was on uh, just on yesterday, which was yes. a lot of fun. I don't talk a lot about wrestling on the show. Charlie's not a big fan of it. Um, I do enjoy wrestling for what it is. I say it's a soap opera with, with uh, punching and kicking. <laughs> Pretty um, much, yeah. 
you can watch a billion weeks and not much changes. The storylines are fun and over the top. It's weird. It's like before we had superhero films, we had mm-hmm. wrestling and they yep. were larger than life, bringing storylines together and make it and being highly entertaining. It's live performances, which is amazing that these people can raise the bar off the cuff riffing and that takes effort and it's not like just acting because it's more than that it's improving plus acting plus being physical so it's it's like it's being an, a wrestler i don't think they get enough kudos for what they have to do to be successful um where an actor they're highly edited directed 18 yeah. takes to do something they have t- stuntmen and everything like that except for tom cruise but i mean it's amazing and <laughs> SummerSlam, where i don't know all the storylines they do a good job of like before every match they tell you whatever happened over the last three months it's like yeah so you're good package so you're good to go yeah you are definitely good yeah um i did not get to watch it all but i watched the first match which was really amazing um, and then I watched the second match, which drove me nuts because it's Logan Paul. I do not like him at all. Um, and he, the, the guy he took on, I, I didn't know his name either, Ricochet. but it was a hell of a match. I was like, it kept on going. And Logan Paul, as much as I dislike him, he did great. I mean, is this your first time watching heel. a Logan Paul, Paul match? I might've seen him before, but, um, I'm just, and it's he and his brother, his mm-hmm. brother does MMA, which is kind of crazy. He's successful as he is. Um, but I mean, and he's a perfect heel. I mean, that's exactly what you want. You want somebody that nobody likes that plays the role and, and he sells it, which I just did, wasn't expecting. Like, I just thought he was going to be a gimmick like WWE does at times. Like they'll bring on a star who's in a movie, they'll bring him in. And it's like, ah, you're not very good. I think you've seen Logan Paul probably more than I have. Cause I'm a, a lapsed wrestling fan of best. I only watch when the big events happen and Logan Paul, I know he's been touted to be, I don't know how involved he is except for showing maybe up at big events, but, um, and he always has like feuds. Then he shows up for these events and yeah, he shows up he, for the big events, but the feuds start you know, maybe a month or two before the event is kind of build it up, right? So he comes in, he usually cuts some promos, straight up heel stuff, but he was at the last pay-per-view, Money in the Bank. Um, he was at WrestleMania, uh, and he was at SummerSlam last year. Uh, and that's when I got back into it. I got back into it last year around SummerSlam. And yeah, you know, he people people don't like him because of how he got to where he is, but man can perform. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It's you can't argue against it. I even and I, I've only seen the WWE related interviews, but like he on his podcast has had many WWE guys on, and I watch those, and I I know some of the reasons why people hate him. Obviously, he's obnoxious, but like when I watch the, those um, interviews, uh, I feel like because of their vibe, they're able to get kind of interesting interviews, um, more laid back. You know, you don't really get to see the behind the scene versions of wrestlers. So I've always really loved seeing wrestlers behind the scenes. Um, and he kind of gets that out of them. So like, at least when it comes to him, when it comes to wrestling, I am, I'm not gonna say I'm a fan, but I like his work. I like what he does. I like how he does talks to wrestlers outside of it. I've, I don't know. I think he's a good fit. I, and I know it, the only thing that obviously, you know, scratches people wrong is that like he gets too much opportunity when people that work way harder get none. And un- yeah. unfortunately it, he's bringing eyes to the product. So that that's the, the double edged sword. 
Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, and that's what they want. They want eyes on the product. Makes sense. He mm-hmm. is he's a good heel. I think he does what he's asked and he puts in the work because um he did things that I I was like, "Wow, I'm actually amazed he did that." Um it it, it looks genuine and the athleticism is there to do the things he oh, does. Oh, it is. There, um, yeah. I mean, and he's not I mean, he's taken a beating just like everybody else and he's not giving anything less that no. like I said that fight went on for much longer than I thought I would which was like that's impressive and it kept on surprising with mm-hmm. the level of moves they did and um I'll be honest I am a fan of wrestling from the 80s and this product is far superior it's people are athletic everybody I feel like can do <laughs> it anything is. I mean and the, the the wrestling we got on a regular basis was so limited I mean it was like on syndication, on the weekends, maybe you got like the the, the C tier like scrubs all the time. It seems like the matches you're getting now, wrestling, you're not getting bad matches at all. You're getting like names you know. It's not like the Brooklyn Brawler. You're not getting uh, the, the the scrubs. You're not only getting to see the big matches at the big events. So I'll give them kudos that they put on product. Obviously, it's tearing their their wrestlers mm-hmm. limb for limb putting a lot of stress on them but man and they have so many events now that it's highly impressive and if you've got the peacock app i mean you're getting all this for like you don't have to pay the hundred dollars for a pay-per-view anymore so it's it's quite a deal so i'm I'm impressed i'll be interested to see what they do next when their deal ends so yeah if you have peacock and want to get wrestling there's a lot there and you don't have to pay for pay-per-views things like that it's all in so it's a hell of a deal so uh SummerSlam, check it out so that is it for the Geek Easy. It's now time for us to depart and fly to parts unknown. We're going to go to the Thunderdome where the mutants are gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're doing TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. The mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're doing... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, This is a new movie. uh, And, you know, quite honestly, we have not had a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in quite some time since the Michael Bay films of 2014, 2017, I believe. Um, This is a strictly animated piece. There hasn't been an animated movie since, I believe, 2007. There was a CGI film uh, with that. And then before that, we got, obviously, the live-action Turtles before then. Uh, technically, um, there was, um, there was another animated movie. It's just wasn't a theatrical, but, uh, rise of the teenage Mutant ninja turtles oh, all right. had a movie and that is an incredible movie. Um, a lot of people dismiss it because of the way the series was, but if you just go into that movie blind, uh, it's fantastic. That one came out last year and it is my top three. That's oh, really? One of my th- yes. My, okay. one of my top three. Yeah, I was not a fan of that animated style, and so I kind of uh, dismissed it. After after the previous series, which I loved, my son's a big fan of, I, I just mm-hmm. skipped it. I'm like, it's not for me, so I'm not going to oh, and that's, complain that's about good it. To, yeah. It's good to acknowledge it. I would definitely give it a shot. Okay. Um, if you can get past the the mystic powers that they have in it, um, it's, it's great. The basic premise uh, is that um, it's the end, like – Right now, they're in the future, and Krang has officially took over 
the world and they send Casey Jones back in time to war the turtles to stop this blah, 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 blah from happening and shit goes wrong. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Um, but it That's is, okay. it, if you appreciate animation, the animation is absolutely amazing. Um, and the story is fantastic too. So yeah, I would, it's on Netflix. I would give it a shot. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, three. you know, I, I, I like recommendations, especially it's like, oh, watch 18 seasons and then, you know, you'll get to no. like, if it's just I can watch something smaller, I, I appreciate that. So I'll 90 minutes, you're um, in out, my friend. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I love that. They appreciate my time. respect no. my time. I'm all in. So this movie, uh, give you the details really quickly. Um, uh, directed by Jeff Rowe, who was behind Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Great film. Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, uh, a few others. Uh, story also Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg. Um, at this point, uh, the 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 actor list is pretty long. Micah Abbey, uh, Shimon Brown Jr., Hannibal Burris, Rose Byrne, Nicholas Cantu, John Cena, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, Natasha Demetriou, uh, Ayu Edebiri, Giancarlo Esposito, Post Malone, Brady Noon, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, Maya Rudolph. Um, and this film is about 100 minutes, which is perfect for animated, uh, released now. It's out in theaters yeah. and yeah. had a budget of $70 million. At this point, I believe it's made $42 million since release, which isn't bad based on the budget they have. So hopefully it's a success in regards to that. So we'll get more of these because I think it was really cool. Um, and uh, I think there was a lot of care in this movie. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Fun fact, that, it's already greenlit uh, um, a series, yes. series a two-season series to bridge the gap between part one and part two. Oh, fantastic. I'll be curious yeah. if they do a different art style or they ape that because that art yeah. style did not look cheap. So, no, yeah, maybe something for the see. show, maybe more like just simple 2D for sure. I think that's fair. I think you can find a way yeah. to simplify it so it's not like horrible and it, it fits what they're going for and then makes you appreciate. It's kind of like, how would you do Spider-Verse, a series like that? Oh, my God. It's just probably not possible. <laughs> no, probably not. It, it's probably not possible. Yeah. Um, the premise of this film, uh, after years of being sheltered from the human world, the turtles set out to be accepted as normal teenagers through acts of heroism. The brothers go on a hunt for a mysterious crime syndicate, but trouble arises when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. Very simple premise. Uh, they didn't go deep. They gave us just enough to get us started in this movie. And they said, just enjoy the ride. Uh, not a lot of mythology you had to remember. It's essentially an origin film. But the origin felt fresh, and they moved right in to tell a cool story. Uh, and I think the, the the freshest part about this, we felt like we actually got real teenagers for the first time as turtles versus adults, uh, telling us that they're teenagers. So with that, uh, this film, uh, I remember when it was announced, and we saw Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg behind it. Um, at first, I was a little worried, but then after I saw what they did with the boys, I was like, okay, they're going to bring something different to the turtles we hadn't seen before. And mm-hmm. when we saw this first trailer for this film, I'm like, they nailed it. The yep. art style is unique. The tone they're going with the soundtrack and also the voice of the characters and their uh, the way they're portrayed. I'm all in. And there's no hint of you know, the, the usual suspects, Splinter, Krang, those type of things either. So we did get Rocksteady and Bebop. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, um, I, I was really excited about this film and we went w- with the whole family. My wife actually said, I want to go see it, which was an oddity. 
And my son came along too. He's not, you know, we don't see a lot of movies together, but this was something he thought looked cool. He was a big fan of Spider-Verse and recognized the art style was something that drew him in. And he used to be a big fan of Turtles as well. So that's how I saw the film. I just saw it today. Uh, yeah. And you said you, John, you saw it with your daughter. Yeah, I saw it with my daughter and my wife. Uh, well, it was just supposed to be initially just me and my daughter, but uh, she's like, no, I want mom to come too. So we all went <laughs> um, and we had an absolute blast watching it. Um, she loved it as well. Uh, it, it was fantastic. It delivered on all cylinders. Um, I, it, there was a lot of changes to the mythology, the lore, yada, yada, yada. Um, and it's not, not that I didn't like it. It's just I've seen it the same way for so long. It's just threw me off. Uh, but I'm welcome to it. Um, a lot of people, it's even still now, people dismiss the the kid actors, the April casting, et cetera, et cetera. And like, it's really, yeah, it's different, but it's not going to change it. You know, my view of April has always been the the report, like that reporter that you've seen from the original 80s cartoon, because that was my first exposure to it. And the 1990 movie, like that to me is what April is. But it doesn't matter. Like, what's the difference between? It just goes to show you that our society, right? Because, like, at the end of the day, it's just a different actor playing her. You're just trying to. Fo- people are just focusing on her weight and her skin color. It's just like, at the end of the day, it's just a different act actress. Like, who cares about those other things? If it was a white actress and she was plus size, maybe they would have said something about the plus size, but they wouldn't say anything about the color. You know, it's like it's who cares. But at the at the end of the day, um, I thought. The girl that did April, she's from The Bear. She's fan- She was fantastic. I don't know her name off the top of my head, though. A show I have to um, watch still. It's on my oh, list. <laughs> great show. Great show. Um, and I love the, the kid actors. One actually thing I wanted to point out is that a lot of people said, you know, they're finally, they sound like teenagers. But I don't know if you've realized this, but as the years go on, teenagers, like kids seem younger. So back then, you know, when the 1990 series came out, an 18-year-old looks like what looks like me now you know what I mean? that's true <laughs> then look like me yeah. at 36 so now a six an 18 year old now looks like uh, we went to a theme park over this past weekend and it looks like everyone working there was 10 or 11 12 everyone yeah looked, exactly yeah. so um i, I it, but yeah it, it was good that they really tapped into that there were some moments where i'm like i am not hip with what's going on right now like you know using certain languages but i know the certain slang but what you can hear the way the kids are talking I'm like oh yeah this sounds like i'm around my nephews or something uh but <laughs> exactly <laughs> if they they grew on me like donnie's voice was the one that stood out the most as like wow he is really like he hasn't even hit puberty yet has he but the 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 actor that was playing him just pulled it off so well. And one thing I, I read was that they actually did all of their scenes in the room together, like all four of us right here in front of the microphone. So you got, and they were, and they actually bonded. So you got that natural vibe to it. And you can see it in some of the scenes where they're, where they're rifting around, like when they're trying to do their New York accent and all that kind of stuff. Like you can see it in those scenes that they're really connecting with each other and just really riding each other. Um, so I think, I think the people that they got and the direction that they decided to go with it was great. Um, the ending I'm so, so on and, uh, 
are, are we t- tabbing spoilers at all? Can we go a little spoiler? Oh, yeah, we should probably say this. We're going to have spoilers, folks. Okay. Uh, you know, come back and see the movie um, and then listen to the rest of this because I think it's important because um, at this point – uh, we want people to see this movie, so see it, yeah. then come yeah. back. Um, because I think, regardless, I think that the big part, my wife has not seen Turtles in a long time, my son, I think you can be a big fan of any Turtles, or even not a fan of Turtles at all, and come in like, be a fan of this movie, which is great. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I feel like, uh, so basically at the end when they, spoiler big spoilers, uh, basically at the end where they are now welcomed in society, and now they can go to school with everyone, that was weird to me, because I can't remember any medium where they've ever done that where they've ever been accepted and it was so weird and it's a good message right because it's just like you know be yourself you get accepted that kind of stuff and, and you know that comes from seth rogan doing always his coming of age teen movies and things like that so i, I get why they did it 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 was just weird for me to see that because it just i've never seen it like that it, it, i still no, can't wrap my head point yeah, I still can't wrap my head around the concept because I'm like, okay, well, where are they going to go with part two? Because does that mean they don't need to stay in the shadows anymore? Uh, you know, even in the second Michael Bay movie, uh, you know, no one really, they like the Technodrome was happening and, you know, they were fighting, but people weren't seeing them fight. They were hidden from the public. And when they got their ceremony at the end, it was off the island and all that kind of stuff, like on the, the island with the Statue of Liberty. So... Even in that movie, they kind of hit it. So it was weird to me. I'm very curious to see how they do it. Uh, I have no doubt that they'll, they'll do something fun with it. But that was the only part that kind of stood off. I'm like, huh, it's a loft to me. Um, Baxter Stockman, I thought we were going to get way more time with him. You know, Giancarlo no, Esposito. Right? Like, he was one and done. I actually thought that um, Superfly was going to be Baxter Stockman. Like, I thought that when they fell on top of each other, it was like they merged together. But no, they they're, merged, they're, yeah. But they're two separate entities. But it's weird because Superfly does have his little afro at the back, just like Baxter did. So I, I maybe we find out later that is. But Ice Tia Superfly was fantastic. Uh, he he absolutely owned that. Jackie Chan is splendid. Oh, you mean uh, Ice Cube? What did I say? Ice T? Oh, too many too many rappers with ice in their name. Sorry, sorry, Ice I know. Cube. Um, yeah, Ice Cube was no, absolutely he even fantastic. Spotted, he, even uh, put some lyrics out there too as he was yeah. talking, which I thought was which was incredible. Um, exactly. I do want to like layer in where you talked about how this ends because it kind of reminded me a lot of ways of how you know Iron Man ended, where he came, Tony Stark came yeah. out as Iron Man, and then mm-hmm. also where Peter Parker came out as you know Spider Man was he was revealed as, and that's where I felt like this one took a a different step. It's like oh, we're going someplace we've never done before. Yeah, and I think that's great because. If you want that version of Turtles that has never done before, there's a billion other places you can get it. Do something mm-hmm. new. And that's kind of what they did, which is like, that's pretty bold of them. Because I don't know I what that, that, that really takes away from the formula. Yeah, and I feel that opens the door for them to, well, I feel like it's going to kind of be similar to a Spider-Man now where they have to balance work and that. But it, the difference is, is that people know that they're fighting crime. So I, I am very interested just to see how they do that. Um Split, Jackie Chan as Splinter was just fantastic. Uh, the nods to Jackie Chan's fighting style, like first off, I you know seeing Splinter, I'm like, oh yeah, he's funny. They're making him a joke, like they did in um, the Rise of the Ninja Turtles, which I hated that Splinter. I hated that Splinter so much because he was he was so much um, 
a racial stereotype, even though, you know, it's an Asian man doing it, but like it was such a racial stereotype here. It, it was, it was so Jackie Chan. And, um, it, when he finally got to fight, I'm like, Oh, thank God he can actually fight. Cause if he couldn't, I'd be so upset. And everything that he was fighting, it, they made him fight like Jackie Chan. It was fantastic. Um, so that was great. Um, all the mutants were fantastic, especially Ray Filet. I love him. Um, that was so and, weird. Uh, I was wondering who it was. I'm like, oh, it's Post Malone. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was so weird. Like, because Post Malone's known for like more auto tune, I thought. But uh, yeah, I, I liked, I liked him. I liked everybody. Every mutant was fantastic. Um, Bebop and Rocksteady being on the good side is weird. I'm hoping that yeah, Shredder. It's weird, yeah. Yeah, hoping Shredder lures him over to the dark side. I'm excited to see Shredder because, um, like, we're not going to – usually the battle between Turtles, Splinter, and Shredder is because there's a connection, right? If Shredder is, like, this mercenary, it's different. But maybe there's something more. Maybe it's more of a backstory that Splinter hasn't told everybody. So I, all in all, I'm, I'm just excited from top to bottom of – like this was a great foundation. Now please keep going uh, because I need to see how this builds up because I'm tired of not having consistent turtles in my life. I need it. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. So I mean, this movie it does take a lot of different approaches. Like I said, it's essentially this is the turtles' first missions. This is like Turtles Begins mm-hmm. is the best way to put yeah, it. Basically, yeah. Uh, because they don't have a history of doing crime fighting and they finally feel, oh, we can maybe become heroes and that's how we uh, get introduced and in embraced, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, April's a high schooler and and mm-hmm. that's from that lens and and their view of the world is a little bit different and I, I like that approach. I'm like, we've never seen it before. So this did some things where I feel like it, it really grounded everyone together which was great mm-hmm. and i was worried because i'm like oh they're going to use all these villains which that was a lot of character drops i mean all of these characters that are honoring all the different er- eras too, like the characters i really didn't get to see but were introduced later things like that really cool and it managed them just like guardians of the galaxy managed multiple mm-hmm. characters in a in a in a way that I don't have to tell you everything about these characters, but we'll tell you just enough that you get just it. Enough, yeah. And that's enough. We get their personality. We get uh, the way they interact. And we had some connections, like with Mondo Gecko. It was more of a connection there. Um, and we saw their personalities. But to your point, normally, these would be the rogues gallery who are bought on, like, in next movie, you're going to get these guys. Next, I'm like, who's left? Well, I mean, I think I yeah. know who's left because that's laying on more and more of the mythology that's been brought out you know, how many more years? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the rock city and the bebop are from the, the heritage beginning, but I like the fact that they brought on these characters. A lot of people won't know, but we know, and you know, John, that, that, you know, they, they can pull in from so many other resources like comic book movies do that not everybody yeah. has to be aware of, but when they bring them in, it'll be cool for the people that are the dedicated uh, fans and all those people that don't know, like, Oh, this is a cool thing. So I like that. We're getting a little bit, little bit of everything in a way that still allowed these characters to have presence. They all had their personalities. The jokes were pretty funny for Maya. I laughed quite a bit at a, a few things like the big yeah. boss battle when they shot, they shot super, super duper fly. And yeah. they shot him with the one thing and one horse falls off. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how many times are we going to have to shoot him? Cause there's a lot of horses. Oh well, yeah. And then, yeah, he just goes, he goes, Oh, yeah. it's just a horse. I don't need that horse. horse. Yeah. <laughs> exactly 
Oh, I mean, some of the jokes were pretty funny. The the the, the humor of it, teenagers was all through this. I mean, yeah. the hormonal stuff, the goofy, like you can't say this, and and like <laughs> like they were gonna like, well, you can't do that. That's not that's not how you want to be introduced by the world. And they're like, okay, yeah. well, how do you want us to do it? And they're they're geeky and goofy and. I thought their personalities were very fun versus being like adults rage monsters. Like typically Roth is like that guy. It's like, I'm a loner and I'm like this, but he's like, he was just a very uh, hormonal <laughs> teenager <laughs> at a point. Yeah, no, it, it's, so, it's, yeah, I loved, I loved all the little jokes. I, I loved the Even the one from the trailer, they're like, Hey man, you ratted us out. Hey, don't use that word that way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I liked, I liked, sh- this is a different side of, of of um splinter too where he we obviously get the protective side but he was mm-hmm. like trying really hard to be a good dad like in different ways like he yeah. wanted to make them feel the human world so i like the fact that they layered on that because normally it's just like he's the firm master who has a heart of gold but isn't like the dad dad and this one i felt like yeah. he was really being a dad to these kids oh which 100%. was very fun yeah um what do you think i mean the animation style um, I know my wife struggled with it because she has some visual difficulties. So she said it felt dark to her. Uh, and I would agree. It, w- it didn't pop like a Spider-Verse or Mario. Yes. The, the color pa- palette was a little bit muted, I think, more so than a lot of people are used to. And the animation style was, it was a weird claymation. I don't know what the best way to put it. It was CGI, but the, the, the style they used definitely felt like you could see almost someone making a claymation figure and putting impressions on it when they're making the little character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so I was, I thought maybe it was just my theater. That was a problem. So it doesn't sound like it was, it did feel dark in a lot of the times. And a lot of, like, I, that's why I almost felt like disconnected from the mooding in a, a movie in a way. Um, that's why I'm looking forward to watching it at home. I, I felt very disconnected at points where I got to the point where I, when I left, I'm like, did I like this movie? I, I was just felt the, the, the darkness of it kind of threw me off. So, I think that just might be some, you know, cause I've heard of issues about movies coming to theaters, whether it was sound yeah. or, or anything. So I'm hoping it was just, it's just a problem. Uh, but it definitely did hurt the viewing experience a little bit for me. And I am very much looking forward to, um, d- you know, watching this at home where I can adjust the brightness accordingly. I, I mean, and I know that was a problem with Spider-Verse. The, the audio mix was off. Like people mm-hmm. complained about that. Like you couldn't hear the voices very well. And some of the things were a little off. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like a movie in the theater, you want it to be the best. And I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. you don't get that because either the, the, the projector isn't tuned enough. It's not bright enough. You don't get the right sound. Somebody's loud and annoying. And, and that's what always sucks. He's like, this should be the best way. And anything that ruins yeah. it always puts you in a bad mood uh, mm-hmm. and gets you away from it. So I think it will be, I mean, this will probably be on, uh, well, I think it's going to be on Peacock. This will be on Paramount Plus. This will be on Paramount. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah, say I don't see it being up. right away. But this is the, uh, no. just like with every turtle movie, I buy that stuff physically every single time. I have every single. I have the original series. I have the 2012 series, the Michael Bay movies. I even have the live action series that was short lived. So I will buy it and I will watch it a million times. Yeah, so uh, I think a 4K viewing on a, on a player would be fantastic. You play with your brightness, and I think it'll be a, a great showing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, I want to touch on the music. Um, the music, um, 
was definitely hip hop. I mean, that was definitely the feel. And even mm-hmm. when they brought in Wu Tang, which I'm like, that's a that's a that's a very yeah. brave choice in a kids movie. Um, and they nailed a lot of the things. I thought it was it did a great job of marrying the music and the blend for it. I thought it was really good. Um, wh- what's your take on the music? Music was fantastic. The soundtrack was was really great. Like just the actual score itself. Um, and the, and the music itself was like the licensed music. It's funny coming from like Super Mario, where the licensed music was kind of not ruined it, but just like you didn't need to use licensed music. This is licensed music. Yeah, this was licensed music done right because you can tell they use particular ones. And it wasn't just like easy ones too, but like all the music that was in there um, was great. Like uh, Tribe, I think it's Tribe Called Quest. Uh, the the main song you hear in the trailer, "Can I Kick can It?" Kick like it? that's a that's a '90s yeah. song. You know what I mean? Like they're not looking. And it, it's it's a popular song, but it's not like a big song either. So I, I definitely think that um, I definitely de- think that the music was fantastic. I think the people behind it were were great um, in in putting knowing what to put on there. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing we've lacked though with turtles, and maybe we'll get it eventually. I mean, we've got mm-hmm. several different turtle songs through history. You know, the song from the, the original cartoon. We've got mm-hmm. uh, Turtle Power from the first movie. We've got Ninja Rap, which we did get a call back to that. Um, but a theme that, like, if you think about it, like Star Wars, you've always got that common theme through everything. Yes. Um, I don't feel like we've got that with turtles. I mean, you could do like, I guess, would it be the the first turtles would, cartoon? Is that the one yeah, you I go would, with? I don't know. That's that to me is the original one. Like that, you can even like hear hints of it in every. I don't know if they did anything like in the credits that I can remember, but yeah, the original one. I'm like, dun, 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 mm-hmm. like that's the, to me that's yeah. the that is the theme. Um, they just don't put it on everything. Um, they didn't don't like don't shove it in there. They did put a little a go ninja go ninja go from Secret of the Use. Yes. Uh, so that was mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> um oh and I also just read that we were just talking about it coming out digitally. It's coming out digitally on September fifth. They just announced that it's coming out in not even a month. Come on, That's guys. Rough. How you, I mean like they yeah. already green that the sequels, so it's fine, but like you gotta give us a, I mean it they put it out at a wrong time like they put to put it out right in the middle of Barbie right in the middle of Oppenheimer all yeah. like the timing wasn't great I will say that but hey wow no, this should have been like a yeah this could have been a, a you know follow Mario movie maybe do this one like in May um, and do something like that or pick another window yeah I hate to see movies get a limited viewing on uh, they're theatricals because people find out, oh, it's going to be elsewhere. It's going to be on Paramount yeah. Plus in 45 days. So I'm like, I'll just wait. It's like they're sabotaging themselves when they could exactly. be making more money. Give Like Elemental, I think, is the, is the key movie right now that didn't start great, but because mm-hmm. it found an audience, had more time in theater, is actually making more money and is getting a lot of goodwill. And yeah, when because you take there's that nothing else movie, playing. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing else playing. So someone's like, oh, I'll go see it. Like I was looking, I was like, maybe we'll go watch it tomorrow. But at this point, I'm like, well, do you know the second I go watch it, they're going to say, yeah, it's coming to Disney Plus this week. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I just spent 30 exactly. bucks for nothing. <laughs> yeah, Disney it's kind of sad that we, no, and we want movies like this, just, we don't want this movie to be looked at as failure because, oh, it only made so much, but I'm like, well, you only left it in theaters like three weeks and you told people, so they're going to hold off and see it for free on their streaming service or spend six yeah. bucks there. So um, it's, it's a shame that uh, st- studios just can't figure this stuff out 
out how to benefit the people that want to see it in theaters and then just mm-hmm. the people that will just wait and not spend the money. So uh, I think it hurts the product, to be honest, and, and it really um, could potentially kill movies because they don't give it a chance to to really have a, a life at theaters. Oh, well. We'll see how mm-hmm. this goes. The movie, the movie landscaping is weird, especially now with the strike that there's going to be a lot of uh, drought of content, and maybe this one they should have held on for, um, yeah. you know, January, February, or take the Mario movie window. Uh, why not May of or March yeah. of next year? What's coming out anyways? Turtles would have been a perfect movie for it. Exactly. Well, that is our thoughts on the movie. Um, I think you heard from us and you probably jibe that it's well worth your time, whether you're a fan uh, or you're new to the franchise. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I laughed. I smiled. I enjoyed it. And John, because of you, you're probably a hard one to, 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 to really bring around on, you know, cause you've seen so many iterations, but it sounds like you enjoyed it mm-hmm. as well with just maybe a big, a mix of uh, didn't love the theatrical showing that you got though. Yeah, I'm like, like I'm sad that it's not going to be in theaters as long as it needs to be. But I am very excited that I'm in not even a month's time. I'm going to get to watch it again and again and again. So, there, you know, double-edged sword. But yeah, the viewing experience definitely could have been better. Yeah, excellent. Well, there we go, folks. See the movie. And obviously, if we warned you earlier, you've seen it already, but if you had a chance, you liked what we said, and you were wondering if you should see it, go see it. I don't think we spoiled too much uh, that really uh, put you on the edge that would would deter you from it, because it's it's not what happened in the movie, it's how they did it and how the characters performed. So with that, John, thank you for joining us on this journey in the world of nerd. Tell people where they can find you. Oh, thanks for having me. I always love coming on. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Oh, sorry. X at John S. Bernardo. Um, I don't really have any anything going on right now when it comes to the podcast or comics. You know, we used to have a show called Comics on the Spot where we made up comic books. You can still check that out. You can go to comicsonthepod.com and read all of our free comics. Um, if you like heavy music, you can check out some music that I write. Uh, I, I play in a band called Warbreakers. Um, you can find that on Spotify. Just type it up, and we got some some new tunes coming out. But other than that, that that's all I got. That's me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, John. This is it was fun. I'm glad you're like when I talked about I was going to do this show and I uh, was asking if there was any Turtles fan. Do you were like, yep, I'm in. So yeah, appreciate that. Uh, we had a, a, another person lined up, but they could not make it. So um, glad to have you in this journey. Um, you can follow it. me at T Oxtra on all things X threads, whatever. Um, but most likely I would like you to check out secretfriendsunite.com. That's where all of our content is. And you can check it out there and there's links to our Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash secretfriendsu. Check us out there. Join our discord. If you want to have a good discussion about this movie, all things geek, we have a lively group there that loves to talk about all things nerd. So join that as well. So with that, I want to say thank you, John. Thank you. We'll talk again in many weeks. I'm sure there'll be something new to nerd out about. I'll I'll be here waiting. (laughs) Excellent. And remember everyone, be the hero, not the villain. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. 
Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.